Yes, sir. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, and we're going to continue this morning's broadcast with Voice of Christian Israel. We're going to continue our discussion of the covenant message, which is what the Bible is all about. First of all, as we just mentioned in a couple of shows previous, that the two seed lines are an absolutely crucial part of the message of Scripture we have to know who the enemy genome is and who the good people are. And it's not just a matter of behavior. It's a matter of genetics. And the leopard cannot change its spots. Right, right, Pastor Rick? Uh, Brother Rick, yeah. how you doing? No, Pastor. I'll just take, I'll just take okay. Brother Rick. That's fine with me. But, yeah, absolutely. we got a, a genetic warfare going on. I believe it started in Genesis uh, 3.15 and uh, goes throughout the Scripture. And we see who, at the end of the book, we see who wins, the one exactly uh, that Yahweh declared. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, but we were in the midst of Genesis chapter 16, so because we were talking about Hagar and how the child of Hagar, Ishmael, and Ishmael's 12 sons, although they were blessed, part of the blessing, because they are Abraham's offspring. So let's go to Genesis 16, and I'll just uh, repeat from verse 1. We covered this last week, but this is very important that all true followers of the covenant message in identity and elsewhere, there may be some you know, Hebrew roots people who are aware of these things. I can't imagine how many. But anyway, 16.1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Yahweh hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto thy maid. So it was Sarah's idea that uh, Abram take Hagar to wife uh, as a concubine. But then she regretted having done so when Hagar conceived. And even before Ishmael was born, Hagar got big, big-headed about it, if not pig-headed, <laughs> and despised her mistress, Sarah. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? It is, uh, sounds, sounds like certain women I've heard of before. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, oh, I'm be- <laughs> yeah, I'm better than you. I got pregnant, and and you're barren. Tough luck, right? So, so got a, a cat fight going. Yeah, yeah, that's Hagar's response, you know. So, and uh, that uh, distressed Sarah to no end, and she demanded, verse six, that uh, he she he cast her out, and that's what he did. He cast her away. Now, there's an important element to this story that is isn't brought up uh, until we go into. Galatians chapter 4. So anyway, let me ver- quote verse 8, and we'll go to Galatians chapter 4. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, Flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. Okay, this is the angel speaking to her in the wilderness. And the angel of Yahweh said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. So she definitely got big-headed. Okay, uh, she thought at this point that she outranked Sarah, or Sarai at this point, and just be. But Sarai was the wife. Hagar was merely a concubine, and I don't know how it works with the. I don't know how it works with the Mormons. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But the first wife, the one who bore the first child, as I understand it, of the right, uh, and actually was betrothed to the husband. 
she is not, the, uh, I don't know, if the uh, first wife that a Mormon marries is childless, uh, does that dethrone the first wife? Are you are you familiar with that at all? Uh, I, I am not familiar how the Mormons handle it, and I'm not familiar with how some of the Israel identity groups out there that do the same type of thing handle it. But, uh, so I'll yeah. just leave it open. Cause, yeah, cause there's right. some out there to do it, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, there definitely was, uh, as you put it, a cat fight going on here. But nevertheless, Yahweh listened to Sarah and told Abraham, "Listen to Sarah, okay." And well, there's, so, a, there's a distinction that's I think in Scripture that uh, you know identifies the, a wife. Mm-hmm. As separate and distinct from uh, like a handmaid okay. or a concubine. the offspring from let's say concubines and things of this nature. So right. you you have a certain certain distinction that is uh, is in the favor of being the wife and the offspring of the wife. Yeah. So so uh, so all you wives out there, just be be aware that is a very important distinction, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, no matter uh, how many concubines no, might be right, involved. Right. Yeah. So all you Mormon <laughs> ladies out there. If you're second in line, <laughs> you're not number one, right? The one who is first in line is number one, but you still. And there was a time when the Mormons were a racially distinct group. You know, they they believed, as we do in identity, that you have to be of Israel and you have to be of the Adamic race, to be counted among the covenant people, right? But it, then, it is important also to notice that the messenger of Yahweh here is actually speaking to Hagar. That's right. Uh, which, which is, you know, that's a favorable position in itself just to be being spoke to by the, that, a messenger right. of Yahweh. That's right. Yeah, and uh, and Yahweh uh, said uh, to Hagar, go back. Uh, I'm not done with you and your offspring. Now, it's so important to note that none of these people are Jews. Okay. Correct. These, peop- these people are, well, Abrahamites or Abrahamites, for lack of a better term, but they're still Shemites, they're still Adamites, and that's what counts. They're Adamites and Shemites, and uh, no other people outside the Adamic race count. In any and case. as a matter of fact, this, this covenant promise extends, so why would it be important that they were Shemitic? So, uh, obviously, the, the, the very original uh, dominion mandate granted in Genesis 1.28 is being followed. And that's one reason for the your a lot of your uh, yes. lineage record in your Bible, and it comes out uh, that uh, after Noah that Shem received that, and so it do, it is important that they are Shemitic ultimately, uh, as far as the covenant is concerned. Right. So this is right. being traced, and it is a covenant thing, and it is genetic. Yes, and there's various promises that apply to the Shemites and even to the Hagarites or Ishmaelites. Yes. As they have come to run, we talked about it last week how Ishmael was indeed blessed. Absolutely, they were blessed, and they were white until they converted to Islam, <laughs> right? Well, so, even, even the uh, the the uh, blessings of Abraham, it talks about how that uh, it would be a blessing to yeah. the, uh, basically the rest of the world. And as far as I'm concerned, I think that is mainly manifest in what we call Western civilization, right. and that is the uh, one reason that. Uh, so many adversarial forces seek to destroy Western civilization and the white race that developed it because it's actually that uh, Yahweh, uh, right. for his name's sake and his providence, he, he blessed uh, Westerns or the, the white race, the uh, Israelite lineage who had migrated into Europe and et cetera. It, he blessed these people to uh, bring forth all these blessings upon the world right. uh, to, to, to set up the fulfillment of his promised word there. Yeah, which they did with mathematics, geometry, uh, science. They, they did a lot of the the Ishmaelites did a lot of good things until they converted to Islam. When the wild man within Ishmael came out, right, and in, in the name of Muhammad, and they've been our Absolutely. enemies ever since. But up until that point in time, they were a blessing. Up until that point in time, and there's very few conflicts recorded between the Adamites and the Ishmaelites. Well, of course they are Ad- Adamites between the Israelites and the Ishmaelites. Uh, occasionally, once in a while, they they had uh, strife among themselves, but it was mainly between us and the Israelites. I mean the uh, Edomites, and the Edomites had strife with the uh, with the with the Ishmaelites as well. Okay, so and uh, of course the Israelites among themselves also. So strife plenty throughout the history of our people, no doubt about it. Okay, but then the promise was that Sarah would conceive. Uh, a, a year from now, and that she would bear a child, and uh, that that of course is Isaac, and from Isaac 
we devolve as according to Genesis 21.12. Okay, so let's go into Galatians chapter 4 and see what Paul has to say about all this and how we're supposed to reckon this. And, of course, we're not talking about Gentiles. We're talking about Israelites. Okay, and so feel free to jump in and comment at any point. Now I say that the heir, now wait a minute, let me, let me jump back to chapter 3 because I have a feeling there's more to the story than where this, uh, the righteous, the law, and the promise. Oh, yeah, he does talk about the promise. Uh, starting about 15 or 16, maybe, because that's yeah. kind, of, kind of starting yeah. on that man's, uh, the yeah. covenant issue. Right, right, it does, yeah, okay. All right, but let me back up to Genesis, Genesis Galatians. 3.14, okay, actually back up even more because last week we t- talked about Romans and how the book of Romans, and we just did a piecemeal, confirms the covenant, you know, that the covenant is, ex- is exclusive to the Israelites and no other people. So let me back up to verse 13, Galatians 3.13. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to mention that uh, if if those who are familiar with what we talked about out of, Gal- uh, out of Romans chapter 8 and 9, uh, I perceive that Galatians 3 and 4 is actually fairly redundant on the same same uh-huh. details, the same message, if you're watching carefully. But yeah. Yes, yes it is. But it's the, the word Gentile and the word Jew, those two words throw everybody off. Absolutely. Which, which and caught, it's probably yeah. uh, brainwashed into the mindset of, uh, generally speaking, Christianity to, to perceive that uh, in, in error. Uh, and uh, because there's actually a conspiracy behind it to to achieve that purpose, as That's far as right. I'm concerned. So anyway, oh, be sure. very careful, folks. Absolutely, yeah. The, the linguistic subterfuge. That's <laughs> right? absolutely. absolutely, yeah, which is contained in the uh, Masoretic text. That's the linguistic subterfuge, and most Christians have fallen for it. The Judeo-Christian world has totally fallen for it, and there's very few denominations that actually do any linguistic studies or any history of the people of the Bible who we are, not the Jews, okay? And since they don't, they have the wrong background, they have the background all wrong, they have to back up and unlearn every every false teaching they've learned from the Jews before they can get this, or just reject Jews and Judaism altogether, which is a, a big task, a real big task. Uh, as we, uh, yeah. as uh, Adam Clark, the commentator, says uh, in under... Jeremiah 8, 8, uh, it's, it's kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says it's kind of foolish for anybody to think that the Jews have never altered the sacred oracles, as he, I think is right. what he says. And he says, he goes on and says, uh, basically, that's pretty stupid because they've yeah. done it over and over again. <laughs> right. So you have to be oh, beware and be careful because there has been definitely manipulation. Uh, and even your Bible tells you so. That's why you have to, uh, quote unquote, rightly divide the word. That's why you have to only trust the uh, scriptures that are Yahweh breathed. Amen. Uh, and so, so be, be very, very careful. Yeah. And also you have to have the correct definitions of the words in the original languages. The translations will lead you astray every time because the, uh, there's no translation into English or any other language from the original two. And that uh, don't make mistakes. It's an extremely difficult job to translate from one language to another honestly, but the Jews are doing it dishonestly, and therefore that's why we have all this, all this confusion. Yes. Yes. And Yahweh is not the author of confusion. The Jews are. Okay. That's so, correct. All right. So Galatians three thirteen, Messiah hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, he's not saying here that the law is a curse. He's talking about the penalty of the law that we have to endure unless we were redeemed at Calvary. Okay? Absolutely. Okay. Now, uh, the law Paul, Paul not... brings down in numerous places that the, the uh, law, for example, Romans 3, about verse 19, he says that it's the law that... Uh, that uh, uh, convicts everyone in essence he says that right. finds, finds the whole world guilty well if if there's 
no, if the law is all done away and we don't have to, well, then how is anybody going to be found guilty of sin? I mean, right. how how is it John says that the sin is the transgression of the law, et cetera? There's no yeah. such thing as sin if you have no right. law. That's so you've right. got to be careful about what, you, what yeah. you're trying to eliminate just to satisfy your flesh. <laughs> right. Or or not even your flesh, your uh, your ambition, right? Absolutely. Is, is ambition a sin of the flesh or is it a sin uh, of the uh, I'm mind. afraid it, I would suggest it is because <laughs> okay. if otherwise we would have been surrendered yeah. all and we yeah. would be under the auspices and of the governorship of the spirit of Yahweh. Yeah. So uh, the, the antinomians fail to quote all the good path where the law is quoted in a positive light and they just ignore those verses and uh, and then they make mincemeat of you know verses like this where they say well, this is an application to the whole law. Well, Yahshua only came to redeem us uh, from the, he was the Redeemer, kinsman Redeemer, uh, based on the law of sacrifice, blood sacrifice, where you had to be a pure-blooded lamb, a pure-blooded lamb, which he was, okay? That's right. And uh, no no other sacrifice could be offered for Israel besides his own blood. And he was the chosen one. Yahweh picked this. Yeah. So yeah. and uh, let no one take that that fact away. Yeah. And so he's our what, example, by the way. He's yeah. our example. Let's right. not forget the fact that he is our example. Let's not lift him up so to, so high to the point of where uh, he no longer is our example. Right. Uh, but uh, no he longer is a flesh and body. Example. Right. No longer existed in the flesh. He That's couldn't right. have died if he weren't in the flesh. Right. That's right. Yeah. So of course the Jews deny all of this. And they they want to confuse the rest of us into a a false understanding of the covenant relationship between us and the Father, right? And, of course, his Son. So the covenant relationship is the most important relationship in Scripture. And is between the party of the first part is Yahweh, the party of the second part is us, and Yahshua is the intermediary. Okay. Absolutely. Like the person who de- who determines who ge- who becomes an heir and who doesn't, right? It's that's like, right. He's it, the one. He's actually the one kind of picking who the joint heirs are going to be. That's right. <laughs> Seems like that's right. It's like the reading of a will. Okay. And and if if you haven't lived up to the terms of the covenant, you're excluded. All right. That that word excluded is oh man. We we live in an inclusive society, don't we? Right, mm-hmm. they they hate everybody that wants word. a medal. That's right, yeah, and give everybody a medal, but uh, give me the prize. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care about a medal. Give me the prize, okay? Whether it's a hundred grand or you know a bunch of gold, I don't care what it is. Give me the prize. I don't care about you know your stinking you know uh, low class medals, okay? Just, so just, anyway, just remember the uh, Romans. Uh, uh, Nine uh, six, I think it is. It's, it's uh, not all of Israel is mm-hmm. of Israel. Not right. all of physical Israel is of that Israel of Yahweh elect remnant. Be careful, folks. Right. Yeah. And there's other translations that uh, add a word. Not all those who are descended from Israel are Israel. Okay. So That's the, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so so it's not enough that you're a descendant of our patriarch Israel. You have to accept. What happened at Calvary, and you have have to accept the breathe-in Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Okay. There you go. If, That's if right. You don't, if you don't do those things, then you're not a real Israelite. Yeah. You may be still be an Israelite by blood, but how many Israelites by blood only have been good people? <laughs> right. What, what and what did the Messiah say to Nicodemus? You got to be born of the uh, water and of the Spirit, or else yes. forget yeah. it. Amen. Amen. Good point. Very good. Okay. So verse fourteen, that the blessing of Abraham might come on now here we go here's that word Gentile and that's a false translation the the actual meaning of the word in the Strong's Concordance is race comma nation that is a tribe and then this specifically a foreign non-Jewish one well which that can't be true because this is a Masoretic insertion uh I, I wonder if this was actually in the original Strong's Concordance, which was published sometime in the 1880s, I believe. Okay, so unless unless you have an original concordance, I would question this de- definition. But it can't be a foreign nation because that would imply that the covenant has been broken, which the whole Bible is that the covenant can't be broken. 
it's contrary to the prophets because Hosea makes it very, very clear how the house of Israel descendants were going to be brought back in the covenant fold. What you're right. looking at in the New Testament scenario is that's how they were going to be brought back in. And so when he's talking yes. about these uh, nations here or these Gentiles, as it's translated here, you are talking about the descendants of the house of Israel Amen. that had been taken, put into, uh, put into Assyrian captivity. Right. And that or would... were scattered abroad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and we still are scattered abroad. <laughs> that's correct. And then yeah. Remember who it was that was promised to become a multitude of nations. Has the Edomite ever mm. manifest to be a multitude of nations? No, the only thing they've ever manifest, and according to their own literature at times, folks, is parasites. Right. That's right. And they've always been following us around. According to Genesis 3.14, there will be serpents uh, hiding under a rock, biting at our heels, right? <laughs> That's correct. Of the true seed. In other words, these are prophetic fulfillments. People. Oh, then. You, you should you understand when we sit here talking about how there are problems with our translations and problems with our texts and things, we're not knocking the Bible in reality. We're still telling you this is a supernatural Yahweh-ordained writing. You just got to be careful as you go through this thing to make sure the Spirit is leading you to show you these things. You get into the uh, the dictionaries. You study these words out. Know what the words mean. Know how they have altered. You're going to find out the the warfare scenario of your enemy, how they have came in and changed things. You'll know what to look for. You'll know what you're you're spotting. Yeah, and here the the church world and the Jews say that Paul reinvented the, the gospel, reinvented the scriptures. No, he did not. The Masoretes put words in Paul's mouth, namely Jew and Gentile. They put words in Paul by false translation. And there are many other false translations, but these are the two main ones that we're dealing with right now. Okay, so again, if you don't understand how these words have been redefined to mean something completely different from what they meant in the Greek and the Hebrew, then you're not getting the covenant message, right? So as long as you keep the covenant in mind that only pure-blooded Israelites qualify as the covenanted people and nobody else can be grafted in. There's another word, grafted in. No, you have to be of the original tree to be grafted back in. That's That's correct. exact word that, that Paul used. Again, this word Gentile has deceived so many. And that's why we're here, folks, to explain to people that this is false translation and you cannot rely on false translation. So, yeah, the Gentiles are, in fact, the Israelites who, and what did he say? I come not but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel and uh, go not unto the Samaritans, but rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. How many times does he have to say that before we understand? Because they put words in Paul's mouth to try to alter the meaning of the scriptures okay but still who did yashua messiah redeem only those that were promised mm-hmm, how about that one yeah <laughs> that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith okay through belief right. through understanding okay and, and also, so he's about to get about to explain who the the seed is in the next couple of verses but keep in mind this is who yashua the messiah is how he had to come through a particular genetic stock, by the way, even. Right, and, exactly. Uh, we end up seeing that uh, this this is part of that promise of the blessings of Abraham coming forth was actually the coming right. of the Redeemer, and right. uh, that it was the fulfillment of those promises whereby you're going to be filled with the Spirit of Yahweh. Right. You, have that, a, you have that option. And, and if you don't a, take yeah. it, again, what is he telling Nicodemus over there? You ain't got a chance yeah. in hell, yeah. bud. Yeah, yeah. Now, only that promised seed line, promise, there's the word promise, would uh, get all of these blessings and, uh, you know, fulfill all of these pr- uh, prophecies. So the prophecies, the promises, and the blessings all accrue to those of us who are faithful Israelites. Faithful means fidelity. It doesn't mean mere belief. We're faithful to all of these things in the Old Testament and coming into play in our lives right now. Okay. All right, so Galatians, it's interesting that Galatians 3.14 and 15 <laughs> come into play here, just as Genesis 3.14 and 15 have come into play. And uh, Exodus 3.14 and 15, where the name of Yahweh is pro- proclaimed. I wonder if that's a coincidence. Okay. I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah, I think there's right. always, uh, there's something other going on behind it. So I think yeah. that's a, a very good eye you had there. Great. Yeah, very good. All right, so Galatians 3.15, brethren, brethren, 
Okay, very important. Adelphos, as a connective particle, Delphos, a brother, literally or figuratively, near or remote brother, okay? But the actual meaning in the Greek is from the same womb. From the same womb. By the way, Paul... Go ahead. Paul uses the same designation uh, in Romans uh, 9 again, my, my brethren, according to the flesh, mm-hmm. where, and who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption. Well, if it, doesn't, if it pertains to Israel, physical yeah. genetic stock Israel of the same womb, yep, <laughs> then, right. uh, yeah, and it doesn't pertain to anyone else, you got, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how much clearer you can get, but I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, Peter does the exact same thing, uses yeah. the word brethren over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's but, specific, folks. We're not talking about just anything that walks on two feet and has the capacity yeah. to communicate to you. Yeah. But the, the pastors of personality and antinomianism never quote the actual meanings of the words that they're in, in the original languages. They never do that. Okay. And they want to spiritualize that word to yeah. make it mean, oh, well, anybody yeah. that joins yeah. our yeah. church and puts money in our yeah. coffers. Yeah, we're all <laughs> brothers. We're all brothers, right? Uh, that, But that's the Freemasonic version of we are all brothers, you know, the brotherhood of uh, Brotherhood God. of man. Yeah, and the fatherhood of God, right? That's just a slogan, yeah. folks. <laughs> and what have the Freemasons done for us lately, right? Except more war and revolution, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me repeat this here. Let me go go through the whole thing first. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, meaning Adamites, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. So what's he saying here? Uh, who can add or subtract from the promises, from the from the prophecies? Uh, your, your comment. Uh, well, let's keep one thing for sure. He does say men, man, and man. and <laughs> So he ain't talking about beasts of the field. That's He's not right. talking about a mamzer. He's not talking about an Arab. These terms, you can't just apply the term man to anything you want to. The scripture are laying down rules as to what uh, these words would apply to. And you can't just go out there and say, well, no, I, I want it to apply to this here uh, right. mamzer over here as, a, as if it's a man. Well, wrong. You can't do that. Tots. He's being he's being genetically specific, folks. Yes, yeah. Well, it's interesting. If, uh, countenance. It talks about anthropos is countenance from G thirty seven hundred man faced. Okay, so then you have to have a specific countenance, right? Which Adamites have a very specific countenance from Jews, from Hottentots, from Arabs, from Chinamen. One thing, they, they show blood in the face. They uh, blush right. rosy red. Except, <laughs> right. Yeah, so there are certain elements. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have a beak of a nose that hooks down, <laughs> almost goes in their teeth. Right, so. right, yeah, <laughs> right. Being and exaggerative then, there, but anyway. <laughs> right. Now, but it's interesting in, uh, okay, that's Anthropus. But in the second instance uh, of the term man actually a third because we have man's with an apostrophe that's the same as anthropos but this next instance of uh, no man that's g3762 which is odice or odice odice properly including the feminine okay no adamite proper including the feminine okay and odemia which is the neuter okay and not even one, meaning us collectively, us Adamites collectively. No Adamite disannulleth or addeth thereto. So neither male nor female can break the covenant. You cannot go beyond the word of Yahweh to do less or more, another one says. So uh, right. this is extremely important that uh, nobody's going to be able to mess this up, folks. And need to, so you need to believe the promises of yet what, what's yet to come. So uh, have confidence. Oh, yeah. The remnant going to win this, no doubt. No, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so, but this is very similar to Genesis 4.2, which says no one can change the, the written law of Moses or add to it or subtract from it. So, so we got a similar kind of warning right here. You cannot, you cannot annul it and you cannot add to it. All right? But what are the churches doing with this? Oh, they chop half of it off and, and throw it under the <laughs> right. rug because it's going to offend their yeah. their their parishioners, uh, and uh, okay. you know they won't get paid. 
Yeah, it's like you, no, it, uh, the the covenant has become lame because the legs have been chopped off and the arms have been chopped off by the churches, right? But that doesn't matter what they teach. What we understand Yahweh to be teaching is the truth, and no no man can change it, not even an Adamite. Okay, Galatians three sixteen. Now to Abraham and his seed, sperma. Were the promises made? Yeah. Okay, no, he just you, said... You genetic ahead, people, you're just all racist. You're just, yeah, you're all just racist. racist. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Brethren, he calls us brothers from the same womb, right? Uh, this is all genetics, folks. This is all genetics, okay? Uh, and a man's covenant, yeah, well, it's a covenant with Adam, right? But if it be confirmed, nobody, nobody can annul it or add anything to it. So anybody who has been excluded cannot be added to it. And anybody who tries to annul it, well, if you annul it in your own person, if you're an Adamite and you try to annul it, well, then you've just uncovenanted yourself. You're Esau. You're an Esau. Yeah, like mind. Esau did. You, you, you have no respect toward the birthright promise. And, and there is a, you know, Esau found no place of repentance, folks. Yeah. Amen. And Esau is mentioned in chapter 4. And okay, so let's continue. Now Abraham and to his sperma, his genetic offspring, in a straight line of descent from Abraham down to us, through Yeshua and Yeshua's brethren from the same womb, were the promises made. Okay? Does Paul in any way, shape, or form include other seed? He could not actually do so, even if he no, wanted to, even, uh, if, even if it to. was worded in your text. So if you see something in your Bible that seems to suggest that, guess what? Yeah. He's already disannulled it in this passage. Like the word Gentile, which does not belong, because, in fact, the word Gentile in the, in the Latin, it's a Latin word, not a Greek or Hebrew word, and it means of the same race, tribe, or family, <laughs> right? So the Jews right. have, have redefined that word to mean non-Israelite, even though it means Israelite. Okay. Well, let's say, we could say it this way. What would you expect the enemy of the people to do? That's right. Yeah. It's trying to seize the inheritance. As Genesis <laughs> 3 1 says, Nachash was more, uh, what was it, cunning. More subtle than, more right. subtle. Or, more, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, I think more subtle. subtle than any beast of the field. Right. So the Jew, being the def- descendant of Nachash, is more subtle and cunning than any other creature on the face of the earth, any other race, because. His descendants have that ability to be cunning and deceptive. And boy, don't we know it. Don't we know it. Okay. So, now he says, and to seeds, not of seeds as many. So, sperma meaning something sown. But here we were talking about posterity. If you put the word posterity in here, it becomes more clear. Not to different types of posterity or posterities as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, your posterity, which is anointed, is how I read it. Okay? So here we, if, if this read otherwise, then it would be violating the previous verse. And, and, and to the previous clause, now to Abraham and his posterity were the promises made. Okay? He saith not as to other posterities, as of many, but as of one posterity, and to thy seed, posterity, which is anointed. And you, you, know, you can argue that Christ should be capitalized here, but I don't think it should be capitalized. Because the promises were made to us. And Yahshua did not have to have any promises made to him because he—he's the—he's the, he's the uh, interpreter chosen. of the—he's the chosen one. You know? so right. he but doesn't it, need. It, let's say it this way: it, 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 in my understanding, it really yeah. wouldn't matter if you did capitalize it here. And the reason is, is because it's redundant down here in verse 19 that the, okay. the, this till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and yes. that is. The descendants, oh, so it backs up exactly what you said. Yeah. That it, it's only to the particular chosen sperma right. that it, that came from 
yeah. Abraham through Isaac, etc. Yeah. Jacob. So, so now here the word seeds is confusing because people think uh, he saith not unto seeds, which is yeah. You know, well, does that include wheat? <laughs> right. And <laughs> and uh, uh, does it oats? include tares? <laughs> yeah, does it include tares? Yeah, absolutely. No, the promise and the wasn't answer made is to, no. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. It wasn't made to any seed, but the direct promised seed, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what is that, he going to do with the tares, folks? Right. And it, yeah. <laughs> and it's very clear what happens to them. Okay. So there's no way this language, even though it appears to, and I think the translations have been messed with here as well, even though it appears to, the basic thrust of the covenant message is still here. Okay. It's only by the infusion of false translations such as Jew and Gentile that anybody believes otherwise. Okay. Now, but then he says, and it cannot be disannulled that the promise should be of none effect. All right? Though the promise was to the chosen race. That's there. That's correct. So in other words, he is definitely just reaffirming, this is genetic, folks. You can't get out of it. Right. And it's going to stay yeah. genetic. <laughs> right. And if you can't handle it, then you're probably one of those universalists promoting the, the another yeah. gospel that Paul warns about over in Second yeah. Corinthians 11, verse 4. You, you, if you're promoting yeah. another gospel, he says in Galatians chapter 1, right. let you be accursed. He says it two times, double warning. Amen. If you Amen. preach a, a different gospel, let you be accursed. I'm, I, 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 uh, I affirm what he says. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, let me read the whole verse here because uh, verse 17. And this I say that the covenant, the covenant, not many covenants, folks, the covenant, the covenant exclusive to the people called the covenant seed, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that was confirmed before of Elohim in Yahshua, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, nothing can disannul it. Not not your interpretation of the law or my interpretation of the law. Candace and all the promises made through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that it should make the promise of none effect. All he's saying here, a lot of the Judeo-Christians interpret this as saying, well, the law has been done away with. Okay? Because, you know, the law and other verses which they claim annul the law. No, it says it can't be annulled. <laughs> because, but Paul is not even addressing the law of Moses here. He's just saying that the law, the Mosaic law and the, the law of sacrifice could not disannul the law, which means that the 12 tribes scattered abroad who weren't practicing the law for the 750 years or more since they were divorced by Yahweh in the Old Testament, that, that promise of a Redeemer occurred before the Mosaic Law, and occurred before the ten northern tribes uh, became you know, unrepentant degenerates. Right? Okay. Your, your comment there. I don't have one right now. Oh, okay. It's, All uh, right. Uh, no, let it stand. <laughs> let it stand. Yep. So, okay. Now he uses the word inheritance in verse eighteen. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but Elohim gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay, so if it's by the ritual law, now here's an interesting point. The Jews claim inheritance by ritual circumcision exclusively. Okay, not even to obedience to the law, because we know they don't obey the law, right? They no, make up their... The, the, the Messiah condemned them for uh, making void the law by their traditions, folks. Amen. Uh, yeah. I mean, that. by the way, that's the same thing the church world does. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think... Paul uses this language uh, just for those uh, Judahites who were in the audience who wanted to reject the ten lost tribes. And by the way, the word lost means put away in punishment. It doesn't mean, you know, spiritually lost or, or lost your way. It, it means exiled is what it means. Because mm -hmm. they, they were clearly told that they would be brought back into the fold. And here we are. There, we were clearly told they would be brought back into the fold in many places. But nevertheless, the Judahites, who had been practicing circumcision for all these centuries and practicing the ritual law, right? They didn't want to accept the other Israelites who hadn't been doing so. So this is a matter of pride. This is a matter of pride that, that uh, Paul is addressing here. So he says, 
For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So it was it was predicted, it was prophesied that That's all correct. twelve tribes. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, well, just keep in mind that there are there are those that are trying to seize the inheritance, and they <laughs> yeah. go to go to such a point to where hey, here's the son, here's the heir. Let us kill him and seize right. the inheritance. Right. Yeah. Now, who would do that other than a uh, an Edomites? Right. Would would uh, even Peter, who was of Judah, and the other you know. Well, all the apostles were actually of Benjamin, okay? But that was the house of Judah. So who would want to, of, of the Judah, Benjamin, or any other tribes, who would want to kill a Messiah realizing that he has come? Could they have any promise of future glory in the kingdom if they d- had done such a thing? Well, uh, I I would think not, but at the they same can't... time... I. Our ancestors, just look, go back and look at some of our ancestors, uh, okay. what some of them wanted to do to Joseph, for example. Right, that's uh, right. <laughs> you know, we, we have the evidence right there that okay. uh, the other Israelites wanted to kill him. That's right. Uh, and so you, you have a mindset in there that uh, yeah. it's potentially rebellious. But uh, it, it, yeah. like you said, it's not going to help them because the promises of Yahweh are still going to come to pass. So it doesn't matter yeah. uh, who would be trying to seize the inheritance. We, we definitely got a promise here. It's still going to happen. It's still going to come forth as the way it was promised. Yeah, and it actually is true that uh, many of the people uh, of the line of descent of Jacob Israel are Judeo-Christians and want to destroy us who are teaching the truth. You shall Absolutely. be hated. You shall <laughs> be hated for my name's sake. That's correct, and uh, right. I'm I'm good with that myself. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And so those who are faithful to the promises, the, the prophecies, and the covenant are the ones who get the inheritance. Nobody else. So you have to qualify in many respects. Okay, and so actually, uh, Nimblehorse in the chat room says. Uh, Generation. Uh, I'm not sure where he's getting this from. Uh, I guess this is Hebrew. As the circle of the family, white from the whiteness of the pearl, and white generation, Strong's H 1858 H 1859. Very good. So again, there's more, uh, you know, more proof to our position. People are doing research for us and with us. So thank you for that, Nimble Horse. But Excellent. Actually, now, what what was the word he was pulling it from? Uh, Okay, uh, what is the word? It's NM name? I'm not exactly sure. Or generation. I think it's from generation. Yes, generation. Yeah, as a circle of family. And number one, and I'm not sure the the source. What's the, if you can type in your. That that sounds like a Brown Drivers Briggs or or Gesenius. Gesenius. Yeah, it could be one or both, right? Because Gesenius was incorporated, incorporated into Brown Driver Briggs later on, yeah, right? Right. So again, again, as I said earlier, the Strong's is not sufficient. The, the Strong's has included a lot of terms uh, from the Masoretes. It's become really obvious to me that that's what's happening in Strong's Concordance. Wherever it suits the Jews, uh, James Strong or his editorial staff has made amendations thanks to the Jews, okay? From Christian for Truth, okay? Okay, so that's... Uh, from a website there. Thank you. Okay, he puts the website in the link there. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so let's get back to the uh, text here. So, again, we've been told several times that nothing can annul the promises or the law, right? And neither can the law given to Moses annul the promises. That's all Paul is saying here. He is confirming the covenant 100% here, is he not? Absolutely. It's, and he's, he's like, I don't know how many times now he's done talked about, it. hey, this is yeah, genetic, yeah. Uh, sperma, yeah, get yeah, it? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, genetic, and it's particular promises. You can go back and find out who the promises were made to. It's, an, right. it's the inheritance uh, it's being spoken of. We're talking right. about uh, the dominion mandate, therefore, right. as far as I'm concerned, at least. Right, and, yeah. Uh, so all, all these things wrap up, uh, even that word he just uh, yeah. uh, defined there for us, it, it has... It has uh, genetic. genetic or yeah. racial overtones to it, folks. Right. This is not a joke. This is a yeah. very specific genetic group of uh, remnant of people. Right. So he's obviously, to me, addressing those Judahites who did not want to accept the ten lost tribes, so-called. 
back into the covenant. Okay. And this well, we find of, that even with uh, Peter for a little while there. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Paul had to educate Peter on that point. Okay. That's correct. So those of you who are Paul bashers and don't think Paul's of any value, or you believe that Paul is a Jew, not a Benjaminite, as he clearly tells us right in the book of Romans, I'm an right. Israelite of the seed of Benjamin. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah. And he has no intention of annulling the law, as he's telling us here in Galatians. Okay, or annulling the promises and the covenants has no intention. Other people do. Okay? No, he builds it up. Yeah. Paul is the very one who taught me the Israel message, people, <laughs> right. and, the, and the racial message of the Bible. Yeah, because he's the he, one that taught me. Yeah, yeah. And Romans and Galatians are two excellent study, you know, lessons of to prove that. Okay, it's only other people and the inclusion of the word Jew and Gentile in the translations which causes confusion. Right. Definitely causes a lot of confusion. So, so if he says, if the inheritance be of the law, he's talking about inheritance here, folks. What are we to inherit? We are to inherit the kingdom. And right? you know, it doesn't he, Paul mentions it in another place. It talks about uh, Abraham being heir of the world. Right. So all these oh. people who say, well, you know, Africa's for the blacks and Asia's for the, you know, the Mongol and, you know, all the rest is for white folks. Well, for, sorry, folks. Right. We're talking about world domination. That's what your prophets also promise is coming. World right. domination. The only yeah. one world government the Bible actually prophesies will manifest is, is found in uh, uh, in place, several places, but definitely specifically in uh, Daniel chapter 2. World domination is what the goal is, and it will be ruled by the white race. Case closed. Amen. Amen. Well, actually, the definition of the word inheritance in the Greek confirms everything you just said. First of all, it means heirship, to become an heir, or to to qualify as an heir. That is concretely a patrimony. We're talking about patrilineal lineages, okay? Or generally a possession, <laughs> inheritance. Okay, so uh, you covered all the bases of the uh, you know things in this definition here. For for once, Strong's concordance was absolutely right, folks. <laughs> for once. Okay. <laughs> right. So so for if the inheritance be of the law, and he's talking about the Mosaic law, and uh, it, it, which includes the sacrificial law, it is no more of promise. But Elohim gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay, so that promise was made well before Moses at Sinai. That's all he's really saying here. So, uh, and Yahweh, he keeps his promises. He always comes through. It may not seem like it at the moment. It seems like the world is just in utter chaos. But he will come through. Just wait till the judgment day, folks. It's not going to be pretty. All right, verse he 19. Says, uh, he says yeah. he does this for his namesake, and it's not contingent upon the obedience or lack thereof of the people he's using to do so. Right. They, they, they may not even realize they're being used to achieve his purpose at times, people. That's right. And That's I just want right. to drive that point home. It clearly is possible. Yeah. This will work out. If he uttered prophecy through the jawbone of an ass, he can utter it in many ways, okay? All right, so... Now, a very important question here, with only about 10 minutes left. Uh, wherefore, then, serveth the law? And I think he's talking about the entire Mosaic law. Or no, actually, he's only talking about the sacrificial law here. Because he says, it was added because of transgressions till the sperma should come to whom the promise was made. Hallelujah. Okay. No, he's not just talking about an individual. He's talking about us. The promise That's was right. made to us, the, folks. The promise was made to the particular lineage that came from the sperma of Abraham into yeah. Isaac, then from Isaac into Jacob. It's, it's, yeah. he's, he's proclaiming the actual lineage record uh, in, in that statement. And, and by the way, you can go find more specifics of it over in Romans chapter 9. Yeah. He tells you that uh, the other offspring of, of Abraham were uh, just children of the flesh. But the right. one that was of the right. promise was Isaac. So you can be an, a fleshly Israelite, uh, being a, you're an Israelite of this world, right? Not of the promise, not of the covenant. You can reject the covenant. You can reject the Absolutely. promises. Yeah, you can be like an Esau. 
Yeah, you can be like an Edomite, yeah, or, or an atheist, or an agnostic, or a pagan, <laughs> right? Okay, all this applies to them, the, the aforementioned. And by the way, so, the yeah. majority of Christianity is that. Right. majority of Christianity is that. Why? Because they're, they're universalist people. That's right. They, they promote the another gospel. Is yeah. okay. So Cain Cain gets into a, a, a genetic problem. He he realizes, uh oh, I'm, yeah. I'm born into this world and I am not of the genetic line. Promise. So I'm going to move off and I'm going to marry yeah. my sister or half sister over here. Or and not. Yeah. I'm going to build a city and we are going to build some religions to oppose this truth that uh, my my uh, uh, relatives yeah. over there. Uh, yeah. Uh, that uh, we're promised, and we're going to try to steal this thing. They've been trying to steal it the whole time, oh, people. Oh yeah, it's all from way back. Uh, yeah, we been... only have evidence of it right there with the Messiah because he he gave you the the uh, parable of the wicked husbandman that uh, they were going to oh, try yeah. to seize the inheritance. Right. That's of course the. And they knew the he was the Messiah, by the way. They did absolutely knew it. Okay. Right. That's why they had to kill him because That's they right. knew that if they allowed him to live, he would take it from them. Okay. Right. They couldn't steal it. That's okay. what the second coming is going to be about. He is going yes. to take it from them. All right. Yeah. So uh, this is fantastic stuff. Once you understand that the, uh, you know, the words, the true meanings of the words are actually preserved in the Greek, but they've been mishandled by the translators and by the interpreters, namely the Judeo-Christian pastor personality who you, who you go and donate shekels to for, for distorting the word. Okay. That, that's what's going on here, folks. That Why are you making the enemy rich? They're already rich. They don't need more money. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed, that is us, not Jesus Christ or Yahshua Messiah, Messiah, should come to whom the promise was made. Again, we stated the promises were made to us. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, there's no way of getting out of that as he has just pre we just read. Yeah, how, right. It ain't going to be disannulled, folks. I don't care how bad you think it gets. That's right. And remember, you have no excuse. You have no other option. Yeah. You either so, follow him, you get in line with it, you love his law, and you love for his righteousness, or he's going to curse you with stupidity and ignorance so that he damns right. you. Yeah. That's what Second Thessalonians chapter 2, in my view, is That's talking right. all about. Oh, yeah, the, the great delusion, <laughs> right? right. If, you, if you persistently disobey my law, I will send you a great delusion. And that's what's happening. That is what's happening to our brother. Now, we we, ha we do these programs for the benefit of our deceived and astray brethren. Well, he but mentioned it's over in the book of Revelation, too, brother, because he okay. says, uh, you know, they think they have need of nothing. Oh, right. I don't keep us. No matter what you say, I'm saved. Yeah. Yet you are filthy, naked, and destitute. Yeah. He's going to kill you. You just imitated Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't have a big smile like him, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the, I definitely the, don't have the money he's got. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that, that, that greedy smile. He had, he had a big teeth smile. You, you can tell a fake smile, right? Or we can anyway. All right. So anyway, so so the, until the seed, the people, the offspring. Again, if you translate the word seed as offspring, which is the same meaning, folks, it's sperma should come to whom the promise was made. It wasn't made to Yahshua Messiah. He didn't have any sins that had to be wiped off his slate. Only us had to have that happen for us. He was the redeemer. He did. He was the one doing redeeming. He didn't need to be redeemed. Right? Okay. And, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Well, who do you think the mediator is? Brother Rick, Holy Spirit, I, Yeshua. The, the, the mediator is uh, the go-between. So yeah. the go-between between, between uh, Abba Yahweh and us is uh, Yahshua the Messiah. Amen, amen. Now, put yourself at the table. The will is being read, and the Father, this patrimony, it says a patronym, patronymic covenant here, uh, is being read. And the father has died, and now the will is being read to whom? The heirs, folks. Nobody else besides Israel counts as heirs. Not even the rest of the white race. 
Correct. We are, we are and, supposed uh, by the to way, be, you, go ahead, yeah. You want to get some people upset uh, <laughs> within the even the Israel message, you just go tell them that one. But yeah. Yeah. Second Esdras chapter six, fifty four to fifty nine. If somebody wants to consider that. Second Esdras, Esdras, and in your Catholic publications that's gonna be fourth Ezra. Two different books, but they, right. they uh named differently right there in the same book. Right. But book. uh it, it makes a distinction between the different Adamite lineage folks. We're talking about a particular white section of the population, Israelite population. Yes. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, so now a mediator is not a mediator of one. Add, what does it mean by one? Look at this, let's look at this word. And we're getting close to the end of the show. Heis, uh, meaning, okay, abundantly, man. Okay, so it's meaning uh, a one single person. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but Yahweh is of one, is one. I'm not exactly sure what this means, but anyway, the mediator is the one who reads the will, okay? He reads the will and makes sure that the inheritance is properly distributed to the inheritors. The okay. way I understand that passage is okay. basically you're talking about the unification of the the spirit. So okay. the, you got one mind. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're, uh, both elements are uh, uh, yeah. have the same goal in mind, and that is uh, to fulfill that uh, those promises. Okay, absolutely. And, uh, that's going to be that's going to be the redemption of the elect remnant of Israel. Right. And Paul uh, talks about Israel being one body. We have different uh, limbs. We have different organs, uh, brain, mouth, etc. But we're still all the body of Christ. Okay. And he deals with that also over in whether well, it's 1 Corinthians, I think it's uh, chapter 15. Uh, ultimately, the ultimate goal is to, to be uh, uh, in Yahweh, all all one in Yahweh. Amen. And Amen. Uh, so we're going to have a, a, an ultimate of unification of the agreement and the spirit and et cetera. So uh, we're, we're all going to be on the same page ultimately, folks. Yeah. Amen. Okay, so we're just a few minutes left. Now, uh, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which would have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Okay, so all he's saying here is the promises were made before the law. And I think he's talking about the entire Mosaic law here, not just the sacrificial law. But the the fact is that the Israelites never obeyed it. The Old Testament Israelites never obeyed it. And because he also says all of us are sinners and not one of us have really come close to perfection in the law. It's very difficult to do. But uh, so that's what he's saying here. He's not saying the law has been done away with as the churches preach. Okay. He's just making a distinction here between the promises and the law, which was given 430 years after the promises were made. Okay, when he the put, only thing that he, yeah. he said that, uh, was going to be uh, removed, if you want to put it that way, uh, was going to be done at the time of the Reformation. If you would, not, we're not talking about the Reformation of the Protestant Reformation. We're talking about okay, when Messiah yeah. came. He ended the need for those things that were added because of transgression, which was the sacrificial system. Yeah. Now, now we are. Now we were no no longer able to sacrifice animals for the remission of sins. That's over. Okay. Now we're responsible for our own sins. And as you mentioned earlier, there's another passage where Paul says, if the law weren't in effect, how could the world be judged? How could, how could the world be judged if there is no That's law? That's right. How, right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's, it's Romans chapter 3. If we got a second here. For 319, yeah. it says, uh, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, under the penalty of death, folks, under right. the penalty of breaking it, that, that uh, every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before Yahweh. Is he saying that the law is done away? Or is he saying that's what makes you found guilty? That's right. So you've you got to stop breaking it, people. That's right. you gotta, you got to line up with it. Stop and, being uh, a pagan. The spirit of Yahweh can <laughs> right. empower you. That's right. Stop being a pagan. Right. <laughs> Which he's going to deal with some in a minute about the uh, – Yeah, right. The, uh, the uh, you know, all these uh, – you, you observe times and law, days and months and all this other stuff. Well, he ain't talking about his his calendar, people. He's not talking about his feast days. He's talking about all these pagan ones that That's the Galatians right. have been following Amen. Amen. <laughs> and had adopted. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, the Roman Catholic Church has picked up a lot of it, and, yeah. and Christianity as a whole has picked up a lot of it. you got to quit that crap. 
Yeah, right. Okay, we're out of time. So we we didn't even get into Chapter 4 because this stuff is so meaty, it deserves a, a total treatment. So thank you, Brother Rick. Thank you, everybody, thank you. for listening. Praise the Yahweh, pass the ammunition. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.